one. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Des McComas, joined once again, as always, by Drew Bishop, and this is episode 137. Can't believe we've already knocked out 136 of these bad boys, and we are proudly presented by Hitforth. And this is going to be very much a Hitforth show because we're happy to be joined by director of hitting at Hitforth, Kevin Keys. Uh, Kevin, thanks for hopping on with us, man. How, how's the holiday season going? How's that Christmas shopping going? And and uh, and how are things going over at Hitforth right now? Man, everything's good. Uh, it's a good time of year. Uh, good, great energy uh, in the building this time of year because uh, it's, it's really busy. College guys are getting back into town. Uh, so a lot of barrels, right? The building's pretty loud, uh, good energy <laughs> bumping. So a uh, fun time to be in the facility for sure. And then uh, the other stuff is getting done too. Uh, all the holiday shopping and that stuff's getting figured out. Um, but uh, definitely, definitely good energy uh, all around right now. Yeah, it is a place where like the, the barrels, man, I feel like you go in there and you hear stuff, you kind of get the energy flow. And it's one of the amazing reasons why Hitforth is, is the best of the best in Central Texas. But uh, Kevin, before we get into kind of Hitforth and, 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 you know, hitting and training and what you guys are doing over there, you've got a pretty unique background, man. You went from playing uh, straight into coaching at a really young age, I believe at age 20. Uh, you're already coaching a JV squad, and, and then you went to the Inspiration Academy in Bradenton, uh, Florida, which was probably a really unique experience as well, going from JV to postgrad, mm-hmm. uh, and then being at the college ranks as well. So take us through that kind of unique background and, and what that was like and, and what you took away from those stops um, that you took with you to hit forth in your position now. For sure. And and first off, too, thank you guys for for having me. Really looking forward to uh, this conversation. Uh, you guys are you're awesome. Um, so uh, for my background, man, you mentioned it a little bit. I actually got started at coaching at, at 18. Um, oh so <laughs> I had uh, I had hip surgery right after uh, high school ball after my senior year. So I did a year of uh, staying at home and, and rehabbing and got into coach with the, the high school I played for um, that first year before playing some junior college ball out in South Carolina. Um, so was an assistant JV coach and assistant varsity coach at 18 years old, um, <laughs> played for a little bit, did some junior college baseball, and then, uh, knew like after I got that taste at 18, I knew that's the route that I wanted to go down. So got back into it, had JV coach at, at 20, uh, did that for, for two years, varsity assistant, um, finished up my bachelor's degree and, uh, and then went to inspiration Academy in Florida. Um, was there for two years, uh, was the post-grad head coach the second year there, which was a really cool experience. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and you just take something from everywhere you go, right? Learned a, a ton at the the high school level, uh, just a ton in a different way at the post-grad academy, uh, and then wanted to get into college baseball, ended up at Kentucky Christian University, um, did the uh, grad assistant um, there for two years. That was a, an awesome experience too. Uh, and then came to Hipforth uh, almost three years ago now. Um, so uh, I've had a lot of stops. I uh, kind of got started at a young age. Um, per- Would have preferred to keep playing a little bit longer and started a little <laughs> bit later. Uh, but Same everyone's story got a different lives. Path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's kind of been the journey so far. Yeah, so, you know, I, I love hearing your path. You know, I think that that's one thing that's really unique about our sport. Um, There's so many different ways that you can get into it. Um, And and I think a lot of times guys that have, have gone through a bunch of different levels, uh, learned how to teach 
you know, different age kids and stuff is, is very impactful on the coaching side. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, you said, you mentioned you've been in a bunch of stops, which is obviously evident from your background, but talk about some of the stuff that at each level you felt like you've learned and, and been able to bring with you here to hit forth to, to help your teaching there. Yeah. So I would say if we just start first with uh, coaching, you know, at a really young age, uh, at that point, you just, you don't know anything when you're 18, right? So you just right. coach what you know. So everything that that I knew was, you know, uh, everything that was taught to me, I just kind of regurgitated to the kids uh, for better or for worse. Right. So, uh, and then I kind of had to deal with some, like uh, a little bit of imposter syndrome, a little bit, I had to, you know, act like I had it figured out maybe and kind of realize that I didn't know as much as I actually did. Right. Um, you, you know, you, you don't really understand that until you're, you're put in that position and um, you're like, Oh, maybe, maybe I don't know. And so you have to start looking for resources to um, figure out how you're going to do a really good job um, and give the kids the best possible experience. So there was a, a, a learning curve there in figuring out how much I didn't know as a young coach. And then as I got to Inspiration Academy, um, got in with some phenomenal coaches and mentors, and I just leaned on them uh, as much as I possibly could. So going through high school ball, it was realizing that I had a lot more to learn, right? And so that's actually why I wanted to kind of um, get out and make the move um, to, to Florida. And once I got there, uh, just a ton of new information, stuff I, I hadn't gotten into yet um, on the hitting, pitching, everything, uh, the whole whole game. Um, and just lead on the mentors I had there. Felt like I, I grew a lot, learned a lot about um, freshman players. So like the the post grad team is is yeah. all eighteen year olds, right? right. So um, a ton of learning curves with those guys too, right? So I'm trying to figure it out as a coach. They're trying to figure it out as kids who are away from home for the first time. Uh, so it's, it was a really cool experience kind of helping them guide that, but there's a lot of stuff that goes on when you get, you know, a group of 40, uh, 18 year olds who are away from home for the first time. Like there's a lot of problems that come come up. And so like learning how to handle those, uh, to the, to the best of our ability, uh, was huge, um, in terms of my growth as a coach, learning how to teach and communicate to, to different kinds of guys, different learning styles. Like that was really big. Uh, and then getting to Kentucky, Really cool situation there because it was a complete rebuild of the program. It was like a, a right. young program that, that didn't get off to a good start. So it was a new head coach when I came on, completely new staff. We didn't have a batting cage uh, when oh, I got wow. there. Uh, so we had you know a varsity and JV team, 60 guys out there and zero batting cages, right? So like you got to find a way to get guys yeah. productive and get yeah. it done. I mean, most of my day was spent working on our uh, baseball offices and everything that we had. We just had to just scrap together and just uh, you just learn so much in those situations, man. And sure. it's tougher, but uh, there's so much to be gained from them. Um, so did that and helped build something that's only grown better um, there in, in the last couple of years. Uh, and then um, knew it was time to move on from that and uh Got got down with with Lowell at hit fourth, and at the time um, Jeff Leach was was here as well, mm -hmm. um, and there were some phenomenal hitting coaches. Chris Garza was here, um, and I just leaned on those guys when I got in, learned everything I could, um, and then kind of kind of worked my way up through uh, through director. And Lowell's been a great resource, and just just constant process of learning, uh, figuring out how much I don't actually know, and then trying to learn to catch up. 
Yeah, you went from no batting cages to like the Taj Mahal of facilities over there (laughs) with with every with everything you could ask for on the hitting side. Um, So let's kind of start at the at the front. Like, let's say you know you've got a a high school age kid um, that's coming in for whether it's a trial session or a swing assessment kind of deal. They're they're just getting introduced to hit fourth. They've heard about it. They've seen the videos, they've seen the gains, they kind of walk in, it's like, whoa, you know, all, all the tech, everything you need. Um, what Take us through what it kind of looks like when you have in one of those first introductory type sessions with the player that's clearly interested, or maybe they're getting a swing assessment type deal, and you guys are kind of putting them through um, a process of kind of evaluating everything about what's going on with them as a hitter. And then maybe talking about in the future, like, Hey, if you, if you're working with us, this is kind of what we can work on where we can target those sorts of things. For sure. So let's dive into like the start of the assessment. Mm -hmm. Um, so guys come in, we kind of give them the tour, um, and start to pick their brain a little bit. Uh, usually the first thing that they'll do after kind of getting signed up is go through a, a movement screen um, and warm up with Chappie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, we we jump into uh, some work on the T and we don't do T work in the assessment to, to collect data or see how they move with, with the ball not moving. Uh, we do it so that like we're down there one on one and we can get to know these guys a little bit better. Right. And, and start to ask the right questions. And the communication piece is so big because guys just are motivated by different things. They have different goals. Um, they, they, they learn different ways. So that time down there is getting to know the guys, starting to see how they move and swing the, a little bit and then asking the right questions, right? Trying to avoid the yes or no questions, uh, get them to, to open up, uh, crack a smile is huge, right? A little, little uh, throw some jokes their way, um, see what makes them laugh. And it just starts to build that trust so that when you do dive into like the, the metrics or get into more specifically how they're moving, um, there's a little bit of a, a built up, you know, relationship and, and bond there uh, from the start. So it's a big piece early on is just getting down there, getting to know the guy as much as we can. You know, you ask a, a high school kid a question, sometimes even the high school kids before they'll answer, will look back at their parent before even yeah. giving you a yeah. straight answer. Right. right. That's the thing we see all the time. And so like, that's important to know whether the kid's going to like look at dad or not before, you know, or, or look me in the eye when he, when he answers a, a question about what he's been working on lately. Right? That's huge. And it tells me a lot. So getting to know the guys is the big piece. And then we go more into like data collection and, and our swing assessments and what we're looking for. So, you know, one of the things that you see a lot when, you know, cause there's, there's a number of different facilities. There's a number of different trains of thought on, on hitting, on pitching and stuff like that. And, you know, one thing that <clears throat> a lot of these kids now understand is that, you know, they, they have a basic understanding of what exit velocity is, what velo is, what spin rate is. Um, how do you how do you combat kids that are that don't understand the whole what goes into it yet, and trying to get them away from, you know, just taking swings to create exit velocity? And how how do you teach them, you know, what's it what's not necessarily important is the end result, but how we get there, like, how, how do you handle that? Because I, I see that a lot, you know, and it's, I, I hate watching clips of guys, you know, running and throwing and like, they're looking at the radar gun before they even finish their mm-hmm. release or their, or guys that are hitting, they're looking at the, 
the board before their swing is even done finished you know with the follow through how how do you combat that because i see that you know and that you know clearly that's not how you're going to swing or hopefully not going to swing in a game or or pitch in a game like just how do you address that or how how do you get that through to guys when you're working with them i think just like over communicating uh and finding the way that they're going to think about it uh, that's going to allow them to succeed the most. So uh, it's kind of a word salad a little bit, but I would say that like everyone knows hitting the ball hard is important, right? And there's nothing about exit velocity in that statement, but there also is right. So like hitting the ball hard is, is exit velocity, right? So um, guys get that, right? So the way that you communicate that can be, you know, whether it's a, a kid who is like, really into like numbers likes to know what's going on it's easier to set those goals for a drill like hey if you can do this drill and this stance and hit the ball you know um, 70 miles an hour like that's going to be really good for you um and and you can really build like a a good intent um and and uh, really see some improvements in quality of movement uh, if you pick the right drill for that kid and then other guys who maybe don't do as well like kind of chasing that number you can go all right let's let's catch as many barrels as we can here or i want you to um you know do this drill with this bat and if you can square the ball up you know three to five times you did a really good job and that's all exit velocity within that right but it's more of competing right so the way you frame it uh is really really important you can frame it as i need you to compete and i need you to do this drill to the best of your ability or i need you to hit the ball hard over here in this direction Um, or for those guys who kind of really like the feedback, some of the guys build off of it and they don't know what they can do until you show them the number. Um, and it kind of opens them up and gives them the freedom to, to go a little bit faster than they think they could. So I would just say everyone is different finding out, um, the, the strengths of each guy and what each guy prefers to, um, think in their process has been huge for us. Yeah. One of my favorite things about the way y'all y'all frame, you know, the development is that you want to make, you know, pound for pound kind of movers, like you're moving fast, you know, like it's, you know, it's not just about hitting the ball hard. It's about being adjustable and about moving fast, like kind of explain how, you know, maybe you're going through an assessment with a guy or, or you're going through an intro class and you've kind of got them in the program, like, like, what does that look like when you're kind of trying to develop those adjustable hitters that are hitting the ball hard, but there's also kind of the efficiency and the movement and the explosiveness? Because, you know, we had Chappie on. I think that was one of my favorite things that he talked about was, um, you know, they're in there from the strength side. They're timing how fast the weight is moving. It's not just about weight. It's like, how fast are you moving? How like, cause that's what, that's what hitting is really. It's kind of that rotational acceleration, that free flowing, that efficiency and things like that. So um, what are maybe some ways that you guys kind of scale that for the age groups, but also try to develop like that, that pound for pound explosive hitter. Yeah, I would say like training that way, like training for like speed and explosiveness uh, under the right conditions. I think that's huge, right? So, I mean, it's one thing to train that way off of of a tee or off of mm-hmm. like slow flips all the time, um, but that's not the game condition, right? And so you can really get away with being long uh, and like taking a long time to get there and just stretching as much as you possibly can. Um, because there's no timing constraint with a really, uh, ball off a tee or a really slow flip. 
So you can get away with a lot of stuff, but when you're training speed and explosiveness with, you know, uh, left on left sliders at the, you know, low and away, there's a big difference in those two types of training, right. And, and what you're trying yeah. to do in that environment or when you're going like high machine balls and they're got some ride up in the zone, like that gets you ready. That gets you ready. So when guys can train fast in a competitive environment that kind of meets the appropriate uh, challenge conditions for them, that's, that's the ticket for like skill development versus the really easy stuff um, that unfortunately is pretty common. Uh, so it was like a, an example um, would be like, it's like tryout season coming up for a lot of high school guys uh, mm -hmm. in, in, you know, mid, late January. Uh, so we, you know, we got some guys in a couple months ago and have had some, some guys that are, you know, have been training longer with us. Um, but we know based on their like numbers, when they come in, if they're below average high school bat speed. Right. And so like, if they're going to show up in front of a coach with, you know, 40 other guys there at a tryout, they need to be able to swing the bat faster and hit the ball harder. We gotta, we gotta ramp up the system a little bit. We gotta get some higher outputs out of them. Um, and train that way. Otherwise it's just not going to show up. So like for the high school guys, it, the biggest thing is when they go, you know, drop three high school size field for the first time. And it's that freshman tryout and like, they got to perform and, and show the coach what they can do. But if they haven't trained that way and built up to that, then you, you can't expect the results to be there if you don't train for them. So um, just kind of an example of, of how we build that system a little bit. We do it with like training bat speed and, um, making sure guys are in good ranges, kind of in the, the things that we look at. Um, but doing it under the challenging and, and right conditions is really, really important. So, you know, one of the things you mentioned that I really like is this is the time of the year when the pro guys are in the facility, the college guys are coming back. What kind of feedback are you getting from the guys that have gone through your program and are now at the college level and have been you know, with a new set of coaches in the fall, like a freshman group, maybe what kind of feedback are you guys getting from those kind of players? Um, you know, and, and then the second part of the question would be, you know, I, I always love this time of year because I thought that our guys could learn from those guys that had gone off. And then I just love watching our players when I was at Texas, watch the pro guys hit. Cause I just think that, you know, seeing what it's, you know, quote unquote, supposed to look like and guys that are excelling at the next level just has an effect on younger kids, you know, and that may be from, you know, middle schoolers to varsity guys, varsity guys, to college or whatever it is, you know, like what, how, how, how have you seen that kind of rub off in the facility? And, you know, cause that, that, that's always a draw for facilities, I think is having guys at higher levels there to watch and see them work. For sure. And like the environment you mentioned when like you've got a, a good group of older guys, uh, college guys in and they they start to understand what it's all about and can kind of take on that mentor role for the younger guys who, you know, they they realize that, that they were in uh, their their shoes not too long ago. Really, really cool. And we were pretty fortunate to have college guys that that are really open. Hey, hey, like hop in our cage, take some swings. Let's compete a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that just like is, is so cool to see. Um, it's the type of environment that, um, we always want in our cages and we're pretty fortunate to have a, a pretty good group of college guys that, uh, are really open, inviting, and kind of want to share what works for them, uh, which is great. Uh, as far as like the guys that have gone on to, to play, um, it, it's a little bit of, di you know, different based on the, the coaching staffs that they're sent to and the programs. 
but the guys who rake tend to get left alone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the big thing. You hit the ball really hard, like a lot and have a lot of success and guys aren't going to want to mess around with you too much. Right. So um, that's always like best case scenario is, you know, guy rakes and then just, just stay hot, keep doing your thing. It's working. Uh, You know, that's, that's best case. Um, And then, you know, it's, it's situation dependent. We've got like a high school senior uh, or I'm sorry, a college senior um, back for an assessment uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and for him, it's not like a rehaul. He's going into his senior year, not trying to break everything down, trying to get him into a good spot, lock in on a really good approach, uh, maybe build up a, a, the engine a little bit more before his senior year of ball. So pretty situation dependent. Um, but uh, that that like best outcome that that I love to hear the most is, yeah, I raked and and it was kind of just like uh, staying hot the whole time. But for, for guys that have gone through the program, you know, have you experienced any, you know, you guys keep and keep track of a lot of data over the course of time and guys that have been in the system for several years, I always thought it was really beneficial, you know, because, you know, realistically, every hitter is going to go through a slump at some point. Have you had any instances where you're able to get a guy back that's kind of struggling that needs to get back an environment that makes him confident and you can take either video or data and say, Hey, look, man, like this, this is what it looked like when things were going great you know, how, like, let's take this and work on, you know, you're not that far off, you know, just, these are the things that, that you can use and stuff that you guys track. And, you know, through that relationship that you guys create with a lot of the guys that you work with for over the course of several years are able to take and, and show them and get them back on track. Because I think, you know, there's some of those guys that do go off and they, they do struggle sometimes in a new environment, you know, getting back in that home environment can be a good thing, I think. For sure. I mean, there's a lot to be said for like, you know, doing what's worked for you. Right. So um, as long as it's not limiting in, in what you're trying to do, right. If like, if you just go back to doing something um, maybe it's like a pattern that uh, won't work against high level pitching, but will work against lower level pitching. Like that's not one that I would, you know, advise going back. Sure. To, yeah. In, in terms of like, um, like a, a style or a preference of some kind or like an approach is like, yeah, I was, I was locked in when we were really focusing on this. Let's, let's look at last September when I was in and and see what was going on. Right. And then having those, those one-on-ones with those guys where we kind of, um, look at what we were doing. And so like, that's the cool part of saving everything. We don't just save their data. Uh, we save, uh, notes after every time we work with someone, um, so that's that's equally as big. So I can look back, um, you know, two years uh, at our at our notes and go, okay, this period of time we were really working on this thing, right? So let's let's go back to this um, and and see if kind of that clicks again. He gets locked back in, uh, and the notes piece is is huge because we we take note of the drills that worked, the drills that didn't work, the cues that worked, and the cues that didn't work, yeah. uh, and being able to have that and then. Um, you know, look at the data and look at the video and put those together is a huge piece because having one is like nice, but then, you know, the more holistic uh, of a view that you can look at it, the better that you can help someone and the better that you can communicate. So, uh, yeah, I agree. Like those conversations with those guys that, that maybe have gone off and struggled a little bit are huge to kind of get back to what works and then like showing them, you know, yeah, I, dude, I, I put in this note that you absolutely raked. This is the best you've ever looked in this session. And this is what we did. Let's, let's do that again and see what happens. Like, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, the, the cues part, I mean, you, you took the word right out of my mouth because you hear it a lot, too, with, with the pitching side. Like, hey, throw this like this, you know, as you're trying to find the grips and stuff. That, but it's very applicable to hitting, too. Like, you know, like whether you're telling a guy how to swing or, or what part of his body to use and, and those sorts of things. And I think that's what separates y'all is the aspect of – it's it's not just you know data and and you know swings and, and getting in the cage and hitting certain things like that it's like there's an individualized component to everything y'all do for everybody that ever steps foot in there i mean just kind of explain you know you know what you guys are kind of a compiling to kind of track the progress for these guys because it's it's not just you know how hard you're hitting the ball which which ultimately matters a ton you want to see that increase and if it's not kind of go back and figure out what's going on but but also too i mean i was blown away when i went in there you guys showed me the programs these guys can have on the remote side as well like hey if you you want to get after it at home as well man here it all is here's video examples here's written explanations about you know strength and conditioning drills or, or hitting drills and things like that so what are what are all you guys uh compiling to help these guys over time that like you said you can kind of look back at it and say hey man we did this on this day we talked about this we swung like this this is when you were really good i would say we're compiling as much info as we possibly can and that's info from like uh, how they're feeling that day to what they've been working on lately how much sleep they got last night and it's like all those little things and and then combining that with okay now this is how fast they're swinging the bat you know uh, this is the angle that their their bats working through at contact um we, you know combining blasts with what we see on hit tracks uh, and then for those guys that aren't in um and and if it is like more of a remote training then we're we're asking the right questions getting really good feedback uh, kind of looking at the video that they're sending in and making sure that it's it's quality stuff, right? So like if if a guy's struggling and then you know you get you get five um, videos of him hitting on the tee, and it's like you can only do so much with that because mm -hmm. dude, the ball's not moving. Like this is mm -hmm. not what you're struggling with. So I need to see what's actually going on, and then we can really start to attack it. So we like to compile like and ask the right questions. Uh, I've kind of hit on that a couple times, but man, it's just so big and in getting all the info we can on guys so that we can help them um, to the best way we can. And you mentioned like when you came in and the stuff that we saw on hit tracks, like knowing how hard you hit the ball is important, but then like knowing the the pitch locations that you hit it hard at is really yeah. important too. You talk about building an approach for the spring, like cool thing about, about hit tracks is if you use it correctly, which is a, a big uh, if, but if you use it correctly, you can see how hard guys hit balls in different pitch locations. And then also like if they're hitting line drives in those pitch locations. So I was looking at a guy the other day and it's like, if you hit a ball, uh, if you hit balls 90 at the bottom of the zone and 85 at the top, but all the balls hit 90 or pounded into the ground, like you're going to hit your best balls right at someone like 85 on a line consistently at the top is going to play better than 90 mm -hmm. if it's pounded. Right. And we can work on those things when guys come in, but uh, having that information and, and kind of taking that holistic approach um, allows us to um, make sure we can lock in on what's important for training guys, because we can attack those deficiencies. And when it's time to really understanding a way a guy is moving and swinging and looking at the profile, uh, we can work on swing decisions and lock in on a really good approach that's going to work uh, best for that kid to execute his strengths out on the field. Yeah, you know, I, I think 
you said the a big if you know if people are using a, a certain technology the right way you know i think that's that's one of the trickiest parts that dust and i have found since being on this side of things um you know there's just there and it's a big part of why we wanted to start this podcast because there's just so much misinformation out there as far as like ways to do it you know and and the more i'm around like and the more i watch it like there are tons of different ways you can get to the same result um and there's a lot of bad ways that get you into bad habits yeah. that are out there that you can find pretty easily on the internet and you know it's it's a great thing to have all the information that we do but the key thing is using it correctly how how do you balance that you know i think you touched on it a little bit earlier you know, there are some guys that really want that, all that data, like it helps them. Then there's some guys that, that having too much data can completely cripple them. Like, how do you, you know, like, how do you go about that with, with individual kids? Like, is there, you know, how, how easy is it for you to tell, you know, this is a guy that's probably not going to need this or, or what kind of things do you look for um, in, in deciding how much information you're sharing with certain guys? I would say just getting really good of getting to know guys and observing them first. So like we have the assessment and we, we take like, you know, two and a half to three hours with that, try to get a lot of info on the guys. Um, but the more we see them, the the better we, we learn from them. Right. So like, you don't really know a ton about uh, a hitter until you, you challenge them a little bit too. And the way they respond to that is pretty <clears throat> important to, to your approach, you know, as a coach. Um, so like some guys, uh, you see, start to get visibly frustrated if they're like chasing a number and not hitting that number, mm -hmm. even if they're like hitting some good ba uh, baseballs. Right. And so right. like knowing who those guys are is pretty important because you can, you can frame the environment, uh, in a way that emphasizes the same things that you want emphasized, uh, without them, um, kind of chasing the wrong thing. Right. So there are, there are different like, uh, ways that you can set up the, the screen on hit tracks, um, to have like, you know, um, if you hit the ball hard enough in this like vertical range of like line drive ball flight, it's going to say success or fail, right? So whether you do it or not, and you got to hit it within a certain, you know, exit velocity threshold, or there are just so many different ways that we can um, gamify what we do and just like get the competitors out who just want to compete and, and do the drills well versus maybe like, um instead of thinking more uh, data and, and numbers guys who just like to like compete in kind of the, the gamers, everyone calls it, he just shows up on games, right? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to make most of our drills like competitive based and where you win, if you can do this seven out of 10 times, if you don't, I win. And I'm going to start talking trash to you. Like, yeah. I win, and I'm going to let you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and there, and there they go. Right. The motor kicks in, they, the swings start to get better that they don't lean too much on the previous ball. Cause they know they got, got to get ready to compete on the next one. Right. So just the, the more that we can learn from these guys and how they respond and how they look at the screen and the type of questions that they ask um, kind of leads us to how we want to, to build the right environment for them. Yeah. I love that so much of what y'all do is competitive based because I just don't think you're, if you get, you know, you might go into the batting cage and think you're doing work by, you know, coach pitch or something like that, or a guy sit behind an L screen and throw into you, but like, that's not really, you know, competing, you know, like you guys get in there and, and you challenge guys, don't you Now, obviously you scale everything based on the age group, but, but you guys are, you know, you're, you're challenging guys. You talked about like being able to identify, Hey, you're hitting the ball well here in this zone. 
you're not really hitting this pitch here. Like you guys aren't afraid to like get after it and, and really kind of push guys to kind of see like when everything's moving fast and you can't think about your swing and stuff, how is that playing? And, and, and how much are you really developing in that area? Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's massive for guys to be continually uh, challenged because like Hitting is not getting any easier. It's it's pretty tough. It's always been pretty tough. It's and only pitchers, getting harder, man, with yeah, these pitching yeah. labs and, so, and everything yeah, else so tough. going on. Like it's it's not going to get easier. Yeah, so you better train for it, and you better start young when you train for it. Like so, it, it's important to to challenge young guys, and like that's where learning uh, to to push the right buttons with guys is is really important. But uh, we we use uh, our our eye pitch machines quite a bit, and we can build specific pitches or pitches uh, into those machines and sequences. And so, challenging young guys with spin uh, before that they they see it in games is really good for our younger guys. And then for our older guys, making sure that they're seeing a, a steady dose of high velo uh, and spin uh, is is really important to us too, uh, with variability, right? So we, we hit with a lot of different bats when we train uh, train too. Like you saw them up on the on the wall when you came uh-huh. in. Um, that's huge, right? When you get a, a different length and weight weighted bat in your hand and you're asked to, you know, hit a ball that's uh, in reaction time going to be, you know, up low nineties up in the zone with some ride, like it challenges the system to have to find a way to get the job done. Um, and that's really, really important is we want problem solvers in the batter's box, right? So if, if you're not good at solving problems and you can only kind of get it done when the conditions are right for you, uh, that just doesn't play on the field, right? It's too hard. There's too much variability, too much change going on. Uh, and guys that can like, you don't have to worry about looking pretty when we're training like that. You just got to worry about getting it done. And if you can get it done and square the ball up and hit it hard consistently, then then good stuff is happening. Yeah, that that, that was kind of, you almost took the words out of my mouth, but for my next question, but I, I you know, now that you've done this a while and you've done it at different levels and you're you're building your own database, of, you know, what certain hitters look like, you know, from your experience, um, how would you quantify a a complete hitter? Like what characteristics do you see in guys that you think a lot of times are good predictors of success in the batter's box? So a complete hitter, um, I would say, I mean, there, there's a lot that goes into being a complete hurt. You got to be able to, to move quickly, right? So whether it looks like you're moving quickly or it looks like you're moving slow, the look doesn't matter. You got to be able to move quickly, right? So some guys can do that. And it looks like they're, they're not swinging at a 10 out of 10. Some guys, it looks like they're really going for it, but you got to be able to move fast, right? That's a pretty big one. Um, and then you got to have like adjustability within that speed, right? So like bat to ball skills are huge uh, because you can you can move like really, really fast. But same thing, like if, if you can't square it up, then it's not going to show on the field. Um, but if your bat to ball skills are really, really good and you do, this is going to be pretty bad. Um, and, you know, you're either going to hit a lot of singles um, or like a shift can can just kind of take you out of uh, get you some outs, right? So an easy way to get out there too. So moving fast, having high adjustability and bat to ball skills uh, is really important. Um, and then it, you got to be able to execute a game plan too, right? Giving away at bats is something that uh, is just brutal for guys. Um, going up with a game plan that's based on your strengths, 
uh, is, is so essential to guys and to making sure that they're giving themselves the best chance for something good to happen at the plate. Um, I see it more than ever with high school guys. Uh, now I, first thing I ask them usually is, okay, so tell me a little bit about your, your approach at the plate. Just talk, talk me through what it looks like. And I generally don't get uh, pretty like specific answers. It's more of like, ah, oh, I don't know. It kind of depends. Um, sometimes it's based on count. <laughs> yeah, it's like sometimes like that's fine. There's always a time and place, but, but man, like it, it's good to have a game plan that's based mm-hmm. on your strengths. Like we, we got to have a, a goal of what we're trying to accomplish there when, when we step in the box. So um, guys who can kind of slow it down and and have a game plan before they step in. And then once they step in, like it's time to go, like you got to be competitive. And then once you're competitive, that the speed and the bat to ball skills come out um, that, that usually leads to some complete hitters. Yeah. So I love that. You know, I think that was kind of what I was thinking. And, you know, one of the things that Dustin and I always talk about being one of the strengths that y'all have is that it's not a cookie cutter approach. Like not once did you mention this mechanic or that kind of swing. I think everyone knows that a guy's swing is important, but it's not one simple or one certain swing or one simple movement that everyone has to do. Um, and I think that, you know, having the assessment that you guys give, um, you know, allows you guys to create that based on the kid more so than just, you know, cause not every kid moves the same, not every kid has the same arm links and bat path and all that. And, and there in this game, there's, there's a lot of ways to do it, you know, and, and I think that's really important because, you know, a lot of times guys, I think that do lessons and have facilities get a wrap of, you know, worrying too much about the swing potentially. Yeah. And that, you know, I mean, the swing matters, of course, but it's not the same swing for everyone that makes them successful. So I love hearing you say that, you know, I think a lot of the things that you touched on are things that I think that we would preach or tell guys. It's like, yeah, I mean, you know, when Dustin's evaluating guys and putting together rankings, a lot of times you don't hear him say, Hey, this is the type of swing, but you, you do hear him say, this guy's got bat speed. This guy has good bat mm-hmm. to ball skills mm-hmm. and his ability to hit good pitching. You know, that's, that's not something that's always quantifiable, but the guys that can do it do well, <laughs> I do know that. So I, you know, I love hearing that. I think that's really important to get out just because, you know, not, not everyone has the same talents and the same natural gifts, but there's a lot of guys that, you know, that are successful at this game that wouldn't be successful on a football field because they're not the most athletic guy out there. And that's, I think that's important for a lot of kids to understand, you know, and and to keep going because you never know where your body's going to go and you just keep working at it and adjusting and, and you're never done learning in this game. Right. And, and I think that that's, you know, something that you guys do such a good job of. And, you know, I, I love the intent that you guys have when you're putting together plans and, you know, from the information you get from assessments and, you know, asking the questions, because a lot of times that can be more, you, you can get more out of a session to, in my opinion, you know, just talking through some stuff than you can taking a hundred swings, you know, cause if they're not a hundred good swings, it's not going to be useful. For sure, man. There, you you hit on a lot of good stuff right there. Um, they're, they're like guys, just like you said, move uh, in so many different ways, and just finding what works best for each guy is really essential. And that's 
you know, when guys combined um, what we do at Hitforth in the the weight room with Chappie and in the cage, it allows us to see them uh, even better and get a better idea of how they're moving. So like right. I, I see it all the time uh, on social media where like, uh, you know, a, a coach may be uh, giving a breakdown on uh, a kid and exposing a swing flaw, right? A common swing flaw. It's like, well, if you don't understand how that kid is moving, like it, it could just be a strength issue, right? There's mm-hmm. a, a lot of like swing flaws that just come down to like general strength. Um, and, you know, if, if you're dedicating all of your time in cage, just focusing on the mechanic when it's something that really is better off cleaned up in the weight room, and you're just spinning your tires a little bit. Um, so having, you know, all that information uh, available to us has been huge in, in terms of speeding up that process. Uh, we like to, to keep as many tools as we can in the, in the knapsack of training and uh, just whatever a guy needs, um, giving it to him. Maybe it's a focus on like cleaning up a mechanic, but uh, if it's not focusing on, on what's important to help that guy reach their goals is kind of what we're looking to do. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that strength component because it's like, you know, if you young kid get in there and swing the bat 50 times, like you might be pretty tired if you're not that strong. <laughs> like you might have some swing flaws if that happens. And this happens at the, the top level. Like, you know, I pay close attention to the Red Sox and they had, you know, Masataka Yoshida who came over from Japan, elite bat to ball skills can really hit. And he slumped at the end of the end because he was tired. Like he was physically tired. He was mentally tired. And his performance dipped. Like, all of a sudden, did he have, like, a swing flaw or anything like that? No. Like, he just – he wasn't as strong and fresh as he was early on. Uh, another aspect, you know, Drew touched on one of the things I love about you guys the most is there's not that cookie-cutter approach. It's very, very individualized based on the movements and, and what the data is saying and what the eyeballs are saying and what the kids are telling you in, in those conversations, things like that, too. Uh, another favorite thing of, about you all that I love is that you hold yourselves accountable. I mean, you guys aren't afraid to – hold yourself accountable with the results, like kind of discuss how you guys go about that and how you guys are able to make sure that your, your hitters and players when they come through there are continuing to progress. I mean, it's not ever going to be linear. It's there's going to be ups and downs and things like that, but over time that you keep those guys progressing because um, the proof is ultimately in, in the results and you guys are getting the results uh, but you're also getting the results while holding yourselves accountable to make sure that your guys are progressing the right way. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. It's a great, great question. The accountability piece is is huge, right? And so like from the coaching side and on the side of the player, like both sides need to be accountable for, for executing, right? And so like for us, one of the things that we do uh, is we have pretty regular like hitting uh, hitters meetings um, on our staff where like if a guy is struggling a little bit or, you know, just plateaued or we're getting some feedback in the last couple of weekends, just really struggled at the plate, you know, whatever it is, whether it's more like in cage or um, out on the field, um, we talk about it as a staff and say, okay, what's been the training plan with this kid? We've got all that saved. We can look back at it. We can look at the video to see if there's any, any movement differences in the last like couple months. Uh, and then we can talk about how we're going to switch up his training. Um, and, you know, we generally start that off with a, a quick reassessment. I mean, kind of look back at, um, you know, where he was uh, a couple months back um, and we can kind of like, uh, you know, everything is saved. So we just backlog it a little bit. And then go into, okay, this this is the path that we took, kind of hit a brick wall here. Let's go in a different direction with his training. Let's let's work a little bit more to this part of the field. Or 
you know, let's, uh, let's get you on our biomechanics system. And maybe we share that info, like with the kid, maybe he doesn't like having that info, but he knows that it's important for the coaches to know it. Mm -hmm. Right. So we'll do it, talk about it as a staff, and then we can lock in on the drills or the approach based on how he's now moving. If it's a little bit differently, uh, that's, that's going to help him kind of break through that plateau. So uh, I, I say it all the time to our guys that come in, but we treat all of our 10 year olds the same as like our big leaguers. Like, uh, we talk about them all the time as a staff. We are constantly like trying to figure out how we can get our guys better. Uh, and if they are hitting that wall, we'll, we'll bring in um, the the kids and their parents too, and then talk about it. It's very transparent. It's not like, uh, you know, everything is kind of like hidden back door. Like, Oh no, what's going on with this kid? He's, you know, it's his fault. We're, we're not saying anything's the kid's fault. If they're struggling, like we're trying to find out how we can do a better job of breaking through that wall and getting that kid where he needs to go. So what's up to the player at that point is if they're hitting a, a plateau or wall is, you know, as long as it's not an overtraining situation, then they need to continue to show up. That's the biggest thing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because if you struggle and then back away, it's like, well, when you come back, like, what do you expect is going to happen? Like, just, I mean, there are always like instances where like some time off will help. Um, but as long as it's not an overtraining thing, man, if you're not hitting plateaus, you're probably not training enough or like learning enough at anything. Right. So there's always going to be, um, you know, ups and downs through, through anything you do. And that's just like life. Right. So, um, you're probably not training enough if you're not hitting any plateaus, uh, you just got to keep showing up. Um, and then from our end, it's, it's making sure that we're communicating really well among our staff and with our hitters, um, to make sure that if something's not working, like we're going to change it up, right. And we're going to find out what, what will work for that guy. Uh, and there's very little um, like uh, egoism in, into what we're doing. We're, we're very focused on finding out what works best and and hitting that. Yeah, I'm glad you said that egoism part because I mean I don't want you, I want you guys to brag on each other a little bit because I feel like and, and no offensive, you know any of those coaches out there that are like you know put in the work is like it's like a you know a second job practically for those guys because like sure. that's a lot of time man that's a lot of time that's a lot of commitment and like you're there for for players but I mean I show up I mean you guys have been in the office for a couple hours already you guys are going through plans you're talking about the players that are coming in that day and you guys aren't unafraid to mix it up like maybe you've been working for a guy with a few leaks and like hey you know what he's just kind of hit a little plateau here. And he's, I think that you're really good at teaching this kind of thing. Why don't you jump in the cage with him for a day? Like there's, there's no like, Hey, this is my guy. We've got to do it this way type of deal. Like you guys aren't afraid to have another coach kind of jump in there and leave things, but also too, like, I mean, this is, this is y'all's, I mean, this is your livelihood, you know, like it's, you guys are putting in the, the full time hours and the commitment to really dive into these guys um, hours and hours before and after they're ever in the cage. Yeah, that, that's that's one of the the benefits to how you know Lowell's kind of set up what we do. Um, is is having full time coaches on staff allows us to to spend that time dedicated to, like you know, if we're not in cage uh, with a guy, figuring out when we're out of cage, you know, how to get those guys better, um, just pushing the the boundaries of what we can learn and hopping in there and trying out new drills or new fields ourselves. Um, before we just try something new with a kid. I mean, now more than ever, you see just every drill is out on social media, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's so easy to just scroll and see a drill and like, you know, for a kid to go, okay, well, let me do that, right? That that'll, that looks pretty cool. It's like, yeah, but like maybe 
for the way you move that that joke could make you worse right so like for that we don't we don't coach uh, or implement anything without talking about it as a staff first and we try to poke holes in everything we talk about um so when you bring something to the table it's like okay i'm going to bring it up and you know uh it's it's everyone else's job to critique it and tell me why it's a bad idea um and if it you know if it can hold up and it has a strong foundation and it can help guys get better then it's something that we're going to look to implement um, but if not, then, then we're going to stay away from it. We're not trying to do any, like anything I wash and just for the sake of doing something different, we want stuff that's tried and true, mm-hmm. uh, but we're also not going to be afraid of trying new things at the same time. And, and that's why having a lot of really good minds in the building is huge. Uh, Cause you're constantly you know, bouncing ideas off of people who are smarter than you. And when you get that type of environment um, where there's a lot of good ideas flowing um, and bad ideas get squashed pretty quickly, um, then there's a lot of growth there. So that's that's kind of the environment that we have uh, in the building. Yeah, any, uh, before we get you out of here, because we've, you know, taken up almost an hour of your time already, um, any like, like ultimate, like you guys are kind of fist pumping as a staff kind of stories, like, because I've been, I've been blown away. Like, I don't think people understand that some of the games guys experience when they come in there like we're talking like 20 plus um mile per hour increase in exit velocity like that is massive like you know and granted at at the pro level like it's really hard to experience like huge gains because you're you know 25 28 32 years old like but if those guys gain like 1.5 miles per hour or two and a half miles per hour like it's it's massive but like you guys are it, with some of these kids. I mean, just like even when they're switching to the bigger bats and the swings are changing and stuff, like they're experiencing huge gains. Like any stories you you've, you've got that just have a special place in your heart for, like, man, this this is what it's about here, and this is why we're doing it, and this is why it's it's working. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. there. There's a lot of really cool like uh, jumps and gains that have that have happened for guys. One that definitely sticks out to me. Uh, as I, I think of a, a high school a junior uh, that we had um, last year, uh, he got in. He's been with us for two years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did his assessment, did his first like one-on-one private training session. Um, and, you know, just after talking to him and training and like, is a guy who's a, a pretty big, like lanky, but pretty strong and athletic kid. Um, and no one had ever really told him to like, move fast before, or even like to try to hit the ball hard or try to hit the ball hard in the air, try to hit a double. And, you know, that, that first session, we worked on some, some bat speed and also like trying to get his hardest hit baseballs, like in the air on a line. Um, and it, it kind of like just was completely different and new for him. Um, it was the first time someone had like challenged him to move fast and he hit two homers in his next game. And he had wow. not hit a homer <laughs> since little league. And like, and it was nothing that, that I did in that session, right? It was nothing that we did in that, you know, uh, two days before he had that game that, that fixed it. I would say other than allowing him the freedom to, to go for it a little bit, allowing him the freedom to move uh, as like fast and athletically, like he should have been for a while. Um, So that's one cool story where like, you know, it's, it's not the reason that he hit those homers as us. The reason that he hit him is, is him. Well, what I think is really cool is that we gave him the freedom to go fast. And we said, it's okay if you like, you know, foul a couple of balls off or have a couple like uh, miss hits here, 
but I know you're capable of doing more. And I want, I want to challenge you to, to go fast here and see what you can do. He opened it up and then it, it kind of translated for him pretty quickly. Uh, so that was a really cool moment. Um, and a lot of the, like the, the short-term gains that we have, like the pretty quick ones are from that are from like letting guys know that it, it's okay to go for it in here and to train in here. And if we need to scale back a little bit, like that's what we're here for to keep an eye on you. And, and we're going to focus on what's important. Um, but especially our, our younger guys, like if they've never, never been told to try to hit the ball hard before then that's a big issue. They need, they need to try to hit the ball hard. Um, so that was a really, really cool story that, uh, that, that definitely, uh, sticks with me for sure. Yeah. It's always, it's always interesting. I mean, like I, spending the time that I did at Texas, like it, it clicks for different people at different times mm-hmm. and some of them, it doesn't even click all the way until they get to pro ball, you know, and just hearing the, you know, the, the language over and over. And, you know, sometimes just a certain catchphrase or word, wording is, is what it takes. So I think that you guys spending the time to talk through a lot of this is, is a lot more powerful than people probably realize and probably is something that doesn't get focused on enough um, across the game. Uh, but I think it's a big deal. Um, another thing that's a big deal is a, a question that Dust and I always ask everybody that comes on the show. Um, you know, we, we were not fortunate to play in the NIL era. Um, and we have differing opinions at times on <laughs> NIL and how it affects the game, but just to kind of give people listening and I, a better idea about you and what kind of things you're into, let's say you were playing college baseball in the NIL era. What kind of, what kind of deals would you be looking for now for just to give Dustin and I's answers traditionally revolve around food. You know, that's our answer for just about everything that we get asked. But if it, Kevin, if you were, if you were in this time, like what kind of deals would you be seeking out if you had everybody coming after you to, to get you on board for promoting their stuff? Man, first thought, I'm kind of in with you guys. I'm, I might go Taco Bell, dude. I might go. <laughs> sometimes you nice. got to live Moss. Yeah. Sometimes okay. you gotta live Moss, man. Taco Bell would be huge. Uh, that would be awesome. Um, uh love me some gear too like i, I like i like uh wear, wearing nice kicks usually the kids get fired up about it you know if you got some nice shoes on in the cage and stuff like that so what what's uh, what's your brand of choice like what if, if you had to if you had to go exclusive with one brand what what would you say you're doing uh, i like wearing jordans man jordans are cool i don't have All a ton right. of them but okay but it always you know it gets the guys fired up usually when you got some love nice it. kicks on the guys who love it so uh, I'll go Taco Bell and, and Jordan shoes. That, that'll be my answer. So, so yeah. what is the standard Kevin Keys Taco Bell order? Like, like what is what's kind of the the staple? Uh, and also, too, have you tried the breakfast taco yet? Because I have yet to try it. But I admit no. that it's, it's I I, I want to try it. Never done the breakfast. I need to get in there and try it. Uh, I, I like the uh, cheesy gordita crunch. That's okay. like a a go-to for sure. The, the crunch wrap Supreme is, is nice. Yes, man. Are you, are you, are you, are, are you a Mexican pizza guy? No, no, I'm not. I'm not, okay. I'm not anti, I'm not anti, but I, it's Dustin, not Dustin, I have a friend that will, that will swear by the Mexican pizza, a guy that like is super health conscious and all this stuff, but he, that's his weak spot. Like whenever it's on the <laughs> menu, that's what, that's what, and that's what he's going for. What's your favorite uh, breakfast taco place in Austin? Man, that's tough. There's so many good. I did because like, you guys, trucks, you know, some of the you guys are, are like South Austin, like South Congress, like 
there's a stretch there of a couple miles where South First and South Congress, and it's like throw a rock and hit like an amazing taco place down there. Like it's dangerous down there because of all the <laughs> options you got. Like, yeah. like I'm sure Chappie's probably getting after you guys sometimes. Like, hey man, like, <laughs> like we gotta. They'll be crushing three and four breakfast tacos before you're coming into the coming into the office. Is yeah. that not good for you? <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess not. But uh, who knows? But we we got Chappie there to to you know. Uh, yeah get us stronger and, and work it off of us um right. but uh yeah like there's a a, a food park a food truck park um off like uh south first that's uh, yeah. unreal uh and you just yeah. walk up anywhere and like you yeah. said throw a rock and you got options so uh the, the food here in austin uh, has been pretty nice i, I yeah. like it south for i used to live in travis heights and and they had a little truck called el primo over there off south first that was like legendary um, so yeah, one of the, one of the many great things down there. Um, but, but before we get you out of here, Kevin, um, what, if somebody's interested, like, you know, somebody's listening, whether it's a parent, a coach or whomever, and it can be somebody from central Texas. It can be somebody from beyond. Cause you guys do remote stuff as well. Like what would be the best way to kind of learn more about hit forth and what would you recommend to them? Would it be kind of jumping in for like a trial session or, or an assessment or what, what would kind of be the best way to get introduced with, with what you guys are about? Yeah, I would say to go to hitforth.com, uh, check everything out there, uh, check out hitforth uh, at hitforth on Instagram, uh, Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. A ton of our info is there and just reach out via the website. Um, and all of our contact info is up on the website as well. Uh, definitely just reach out. We can do like a schedule a call. We do consultations um, for people who are interested in, in kind of what we offer, whether it be remote or in-house training. Um, and, and let's get on the phone and, and talk through uh, what we can do to uh, to help you. And that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hit forth.com, H-I-T-F-O-R-T-H.com. I mean, you guys have got some really good videos on there. Like, kind of some example type sessions and things like that. And guys running a deal right now, $40 off. So you can actually try hit fourth for $59 through December. So parents listening out there, if you got a baseball kid, man, it could be a cool little gift to get for Christmas is, you know, got somebody that really likes the game and wants to get better. Uh, I, I mean, I can't recommend it uh, more. You go there. It's, it's definitely the best in central Texas, but uh, well, Kevin, man, thanks so much for your time. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, you guys are doing amazing work out, out there at Hit Forth. And it's um, it's so cool because it's a total play- person development. You know, I mean, I think you've done a great job of explaining that um, it's not just like a cookie cutter swing approach. It's not just about a swing. It's about what they're saying. It's about, you know, kind of how they're moving. It's about what their body's telling them, all those sorts of things, all those hours you guys put into it. Um, and the most important thing is you guys are getting results over there. So uh, thanks so much for, for jumping in. And uh, again, go to hitforth.com or follow those guys on Twitter and Instagram as well. And uh, Kevin, thanks again and, and have a good Christmas, good holiday season. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you guys. It's been a lot of fun.